All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Exit 77, a Notre Dame football podcast. I'm your host, Drew Brennan. We are recording this on Thursday night. Uh, it is September 15th, a couple days away from the, the Notre Dame-Cal game, um, which will be taking place at, uh, I think, 2.30 Eastern on Saturday at Notre Dame Stadium. Cal comes in to face our 0-2 Fighting Irish. Um, normally, this would be my second podcast of this week, I typically do a podcast on either Sunday or Monday recapping uh, the previous week's game and then a podcast like this on Thursday night previewing the upcoming game. Um, I think uh, as most fans can probably understand and and not find hard to believe, I had a really hard time trying to get myself to podcast earlier this week uh, and thinking about that Notre Dame versus Marshall game. So for those of you that are listening, you obviously know uh, that Notre Dame lost to Marshall um, this last week. Uh, man, I don't even, I'm trying to even think of what the final score was. 26 to 15, I think was the final. I mean, it was one of those games that you just, you just, you had to turn off. No, sorry, 20, 26 to, gosh, I don't even know. I'm going to have to look this up, and this is embarrassing. But, uh, I mean, I think I've already, you know, washed it from my brain um, with regards to what that actual final score was. Um, I'll look it up here. Uh, but it wasn't pretty. Let's put it at that. Sorry, 26-21. I forgot um, with regards to the Irish scoring that touchdown towards the end there. Um, but nothing for us to shout about. Obviously, once again, this puts the Irish at 0-2, um, a really hard start to the season. Marcus Truman now 0-3 as a head coach. And just another one of those games um, that I think some of us lifelong fans uh, in Notre Dame have been all too familiar uh, with seeing uh, that happen sometimes occasionally at home. Um, you know, we can go back to the South Florida game uh, to start off. I think it was 2011. Um, some, you know, want to think about that Tulsa game. Um, obviously, there are some Navy games in there. You know, the Toledo game from last year could have been one, even though the Irish pulled it out. Um, but just a game that on paper, uh, the Irish are absolutely massively over talented as it relates to what we're putting on the field versus what Marshall's putting on the field. Um, but Marshall, you know, give them credit. They dominated the Irish all throughout the day, um, in offenses of the game, um, especially coaching. And it is something that I think once again, a lot of us Notre Dame fans, I'm not going to say that some of us didn't totally expect it, but this is, you know, this is the game that the Irish need to win. They needed to, you know, come on out and show that the fluke or excuse me, show that what they did against Ohio state wasn't a fluke and that the defense was, you know, here to stay for the rest of the year and that the offense could put something together. And, uh, thought the defense played it, played a decent game, uh, for most of it until, you know, that big drive by Marshall in the fourth quarter. Um, but you know, the offense once again struggled and we'll kind of get into that and what we've been seeing, what we've been reading, what we've been hearing as a Irish offense. Um, but to give you a little, little idea of my Saturday, um, this last weekend, I was uh, watching the game at home. Uh, my wife and uh, our two kids were around. Um, at one point, my wife had to ask if she needed to remove the kids from the room because they kept on throwing my hat on the ground. Uh, <laughs> I wasn't yelling at the TV, um, and the kids were fine. Uh, but it just was it was one of those games. You know, I think a lot of us, um, you know, 
we were hoping that the Irish would, you know, they receive the ball and hoping they would just go down and score, um, show their dominance, you know, really do well from an offensive line standpoint, get a lot of different players involved. And while they moved it a little bit, um, drive stalled, uh, and the Irish ended up punting. And it just, you know, it went downhill from there. And then, you know, the Irish defense played, you know, I'd say pretty well in the first half. Um, but the Irish offense just could not get on track. We couldn't get any kind of sort of drives going. Um, and we went into the halftime actually even down uh, – Nine to seven. Um, obviously, once again, not ideal. Um, and Marshall started with the ball in the second half, but the Irish just could not figure it out. They ended up taking a lead. Um, the Irish went up fifteen to twelve, um, but then Marshall scored on a ninety-four yard drive, and then also pick six uh, Tyler Buckner. Uh, Tyler Buckner was injured during this game, and he is now out for the rest of the year. So it's one of those you know kind of hits keep on coming type games where you know not only did we not play well. Um, but our starting quarterback is now done for this season and he will not be back this year. So that does mean it is Drew Pine time. Um, you know, for those of you that know Drew Pine, he is, I believe, a junior. Um, so entering his in his third season within the program. Um, it sounds like he'll be graduating at the end of this year. I think a lot of us were thinking this was Tyler Buckner's team. You know, Pine was going to stay around to be the backup quarterback and eventually graduate and then go somewhere else for his final two years of eligibility um, because he did redshirt. Uh, but now this is his time. This is his time to shine, and he has the opportunity to really kind of make his mark um, as an Arden football player. And if he can play well and do his job and lead the Irish to a lot of wins, you know, the job is his probably for next year as well. Um, we all know that Notre Dame doesn't have a quarterback commit in the class of 23 yet um there is going to be a possibility that cj Carr will recommit but right now there's no one in the class um we probably will have to look at bringing in a transfer even if we do find someone in the 2023 class um even if that is Carr, we have to bring in someone else uh the running the quarterback room is just way too thin right now and we don't know you know where buckner will be next year from the standpoint of if he's going to come back um you know full transparency Buckner did not impress for these first couple of weeks. Um, we can talk a lot about it here as we start to go to the podcast, but just did not see the things that we wanted to be seeing from him to, sh- to have him show that he was going to be, you know, the starter that we all could rely on. Um, you know, he did have a lot of nice running plays on his own, um, but he just, his, his passing just leaves a lot to be desired. You know, the, the ball down the middle um, with about 10 seconds left in the second quarter going to halftime where he had Lindsay wide open on the post, it would have been a touchdown. It would have given all the momentum to Notre Dame um, for as bad a first half as we played. We would have been up going into halftime. And I think that might have even knocked Marshall out if we could have done that, but he just overthrew him um, and didn't hit him. That's a play that Buckner needs to make. Even if he's got to loft the ball up even higher, he's got to let Lindsay run underneath that. He's got all the speed in the world. Um, it's just, but it just wasn't a pass he made. Um, as well, he had two interceptions in the game. One of them, as we noted earlier, was a pick six. Both of them were out routes to wide receivers that just, you know, with the Marshall cornerback sitting on those routes, um, they were never going to work. Um, we're lucky that the first one wasn't actually a pick six, um, but that second one definitely was, and that one was the one that sealed the game. So. Like I said, let's see what Pine can do. He is going to be the man moving forward. If anything happens to him or if he underperforms, you're looking at a fr- true freshman, Steve Angeli. Uh, and that is probably the last thing I think a lot of us Irish fans want is having a true freshman coming in and playing for the rest of the year for the Irish. Um, what I've been reading, what I've been hearing, what I've been seeing this week, um, you know, I've been not following Notre Dame as much as I typically do. Um, anytime they lose, it just it's hard for me to kind of read the articles and and do a lot of my, my board searching, which I typically do during the week. Um, but I have listened to a bunch of podcasts. 
Um, a lot of good articles on our sports daily. I've been watching some hit and hustle. Um, you know, shout out to Greg Fumang, um, from the single high podcast, the UHND single high podcast, and also Jamie Yumiyama. Um, they do a really good breakdown. Um, and they also show some videos and some clips. And I think one of the things that they focused on and one of the things that they kept on showing was, you know, for as bad as the offensive line has been this year, and I think we can all agree that that has been the case, Notre Dame is not doing itself any favors. And whether that is through the play calling that Tommy Reese is making or the decisions that Buckner is making, um, but we just continue to run the ball into the box when they have more men uh, than Notre Dame has blockers. Um, So they showed multiple scenarios or situations where the Irish had, I think, five or six blockers, and Marshall had eight guys in the box, and every time that's going to happen, Notre Dame is not going to be successful. Um, Showed a few other plays as well where Buckner gave the handoff up the middle, um, where he then, instead of doing that, he could have taken it, faked it there, and gone outside. And on that first drive, he actually had a massive gain if he could have done it. If he didn't hand the ball off um, to Audrey Gassime up the middle, he actually, if he would have pulled it and then gone around the edge, he maybe would have been possibly had a touchdown. It would have been on Norton's first drive. We would have been up 7 nothing, um, And the game, you know, at that point might have been once again, there's a knockout blow. Now Marshall doesn't have the confidence that they had most of the game. Um, but he gave it to Estime, and I think Estime lost two yards. Um, they had a lot of guys stacking the box. They had a lot of guys cutting into the middle, um, and he just made the wrong decision. Um, you know, it's something that you hope and we were hoping that uh, Buckner was going to be improved upon this year and it was going to be, some, once again, his time to shine. Um, but once again, we just did not see it that much. The other thing that, that they talked about on Hit Nussle as well is both those interceptions, um, Marshall's cornerbacks were just sitting on those routes. Why Notre Dame didn't do a pump fake on those plays and then have the guys go long, um, that's beyond me um, and beyond, I think, a lot of Irish fans. But Notre Dame, you know, the Marshall cornerbacks were baiting Notre Dame into that play. And if you're not gonna, you know, if you're not gonna hit them on those out routes, you can't throw it when those cornerbacks are sitting on it. You got to find some maybe open in the middle or once again do a pump fake, and then let the guy go long. The other thing, kind of, kind of going back to Lindsey, um, we have to continue to put him in a position to do well. I think we talked on a couple of the other podcasts earlier this year about, you know, hitting Lindsey up the middle, hitting him on crossing routes, hitting him on post routes, giving him the ball on jet sweeps. Don't run, you know, fade sideline passes to him. He has, you know, proven, unfortunately, over the years that he typically doesn't win those one-on-one balls, and we need to give him a chance to be running in space and hitting him while he's running and moving. Um, those are going to be the plays we're going to have to make. I would love to see if they're going to do those sideline routes, do them to Jaden Thomas. That guy is bigger. He's got a bigger body. He's got a stronger frame than a Lindsay. Lindsay should be doing posts. Lindsay should be doing things up the middle. And then lastly, get Chris Tyree the ball. I think this was literally on every podcast I listened to and on everything that I've watched and read this week. Why Chris Tyree does not have as many touches um, through the season right now is, I think, beyond everyone. He is one of our most dynamic players. He's one of our most skilled players. Get him the ball in space, whether it's on screens, whether it's him up the slots, whether it's him on reverses, whether it's him on end arounds, handing the ball out to him. Get him more involved in the playbook. He's been on the field a bunch, but Notre Dame just cannot seem to find the way to get him the ball. And when he did get the ball against Marshall, he took it outside and had big gains. So continue to build on that. Continue to find the ways to give Chris Tyree the ball. Same thing with Lorenzo Styles. Continue to figure out ways to get him the ball. I think he had seven catches in this game, which is good, um, but he can get more. You know, We're, we're thin at wide receiver. We're going to need to really rely on Styles. We're going to need to rely on Tyree. We're going to need to rely on Michael Mayer who had over 100 yards receiving in this last game. Make sure you're getting your playmakers the ball. And, you know, that is something that I think we all need to continue to ask Tommy Reese about. Um, Those are questions that I know he got in the press conference this week. 
Um, but we need to continue to make sure that he is following through. You know, in the, in the press conference, in his quotes, he said, love Chris Tyree. I've got to figure out ways to get on the ball. Um, and, yeah, that, you know, that's that's on the offensive coordinator. Design plays for Chris Tyree. Get him the ball. I will give Tom Reese slack credit this week. He did say in, in his um, meeting this week with the press that, you know, he's happy to take the blame on all this um, because he is, you know, he's the guy making the play calls. Um, obviously, there's a lot that we don't see. You know, who knows if Tyler Buckner wasn't making the right checks. Who knows if Tyler Buckner wasn't seeing the right plays or excuse me, seeing the, the, the right wide receivers open. Um, you know, on one of the interceptions, Mayer was absolutely wide open down the middle. would have been an easy first down. Um, so, you know, we can put the blame on a lot of different folks. You can put it on Reese as the play caller. You can put it on Buckner. You can put it on the lack of depth with the wide receivers, the lack of blocking on the offensive line. Um, but at the end of the day, this Irish team has too much talent to be losing to um, Marshall. And they have too much talent um, for the rest of the schedule this year to not to start to win games. And that needs to begin this Saturday um, when they take on the Cal Bears in South Bend. I'm trying to think uh, if I've got everything that I wanted to kind of lay out as it relates to the game um, before I get into my grades. But, yeah, I think, you know, we can talk about the defense in our grades. Um, but, you know, if you look at the overall points, the defense only gave up 19 points. You know, they did finish with 26, but seven of those were on a pick six. Um, so the Irish defense is averaging giving up 20 points per game. Um, I think in a normal situation, we should count on and should expect the Irish to score at least four to five touchdowns a game. If they score four touchdowns in each one of the first two games, they're 2-0. and Now, I know that doesn't always necessarily just match up because that is what it is, but, you know, 28 points in each one of these games would have won the game if Notre Dame could have gotten four touchdowns on the board. And it's just, once again, it's disappointing to see the offense not perform to where they need to, but the defense can improve. Um, I think we've, you know, we've all seen that the defensive line has underperformed. I think we're all hoping for a lot more from Isaiah Foskey. I think we all thought that hopefully that the Ohio State game was a bit of a mirage. Now he did have a sack in this game, but the defensive line is not getting any pressure. Um, they are not causing havoc. The linebackers are playing, I'd say, so-so. Um, they're not making a ton of big plays. I think Kaiser is leading the linebackers in, in tackles. You know, he's pretty consistent, but we're not seeing, you know, what I think we were all hoping from a Maricea foul. Bertrand's been steady. Bauer's been steady, but there's just nothing standing out about the linebackers. You know, Prince Callie's not getting in there. Junior Tuliamaka's not, not getting in there. Um, we're not seeing the depth, I think, that we were all hoping to see across the board from that unit. Um, but, you know, there's time for them to improve. And then the secondary. Um, I thought they've played pretty well for these first two games. Um, you know, but they're not causing pass breakups. They're not getting close on interceptions. And, you know, a lot of that could do with the fact that the defensive line is not getting any pressure and they're not forcing bad throws. But, you know, playmakers got to make plays. You've got a ton of talent in a Cam Hart and a Brandon Joseph and a DJ Brown. You know, someone's got to make a play out there. Someone, you know, a, an interception, a cause fumble, something like that on the defensive side could once again totally change the momentum in any of these first two games. Um, Notre Dame has not stiffed, sniffed a turnover, and we need to start doing that here um, moving forward. So those are kind of my just overall general thoughts. Um, now I'm going to go into the grades. Um, I don't think this whole podcast will be that long because, man, this has been, once again, a tough week as it relates to thinking about the Irish. But we'll go through our grades. We'll go through our score prediction for Cal and then our overall record prediction and if it's changed. Um, you know, For those of you who have been listening, I've been at 10-2 and two since the start of the season, and I will be changing that uh, following uh, and at the end of this podcast. 
All right, overall grades. Marcus Freeman. I'm gonna give him a D. Um, those of you that 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 know me, I, I love Marcus Freeman, and I think that he's going to be successful. And I I know that he is the right coach for the Irish. And I just you know I can't wait for him to get that first one. I really thought and was hoping that it would be this you know past weekend against Marshall, but it didn't happen. And once again, he is the head coach. All this falls on on him. Um, what I've been hearing, what I've been listening, what I've been reading. You know, is the team too tight? You know, are they are they too scared to make mistakes. Um, these are all things that could be taking place. There's too many veterans on this Irish team to let this happen, um, and I hope that it stops um, after this Marshall game. But at the end of the day, Marcus Freeman is the head man. He's the one that gets gets the entire coaching staff in place. He's the one that gets the players motivated. He's the one that gets the players ready, and he's just got to get them to get out there and play free and play, you know, just play like play like they're loose um, and play like there's nothing to lose. And maybe, you know, being 0-2, that'll maybe change their mindset. Now, once again, you know, we just have to get a win. We got to get a win this week against Cal. Um, but until then, you know, unfortunately, Marcus Freeman is—he's not going to have the grade that I think all of us want to be giving him um, from an overall head coach um, from head coaching side. So let's see what happens this week. But once again, uh, grade for Marcus Freeman is a D. Al Golden, I'm going to give it a C minus. Um, you know, the defense played well uh, on a variety of of different series. Um, Marshall only had 12 points with about, I think seven or eight minutes to go in the fourth quarter. And if the Irish stopped them on that, you know, really ridiculously long 94-yard drive, you know, maybe the Irish get the ball back and go in and score until all of a sudden 22-12 and the game's over. Uh, but that defensive drive there um, at the end was not good, and they they needed to make the play. Marshall had third and eight from their own seven um, and got a first down. they got to stop them there. they got to force the punt. That gives the Irish great field position and the opportunity to really just kind of close out the game, but they just couldn't do it. Um, I think, once again, we need to see more pressure from this defensive line. We need to see more sacks. We need to see cause fumbles. We need to see turnovers. We need to see interceptions. And I hope, um, you know, Golden's been preaching that this week in practice. Tommy Reese, um, <laughs> F+. Plus. Um, I think, once again, we don't know what's taking place fully from a play calling standpoint. Does Buckner have the chance to you know, call himself out of some of the plays. Is he, you know, does he have to run the ball when, when Reese calls a run play? I don't know. I don't think any of us have a full answer, but this Irish offense has been anything but what we were all hoping for at the beginning of the season. We're averaging 15 points a game and it just is, man, it is just, it's not fun to watch. Um, I think we've, as we've all noted, Norton gets the ball on second down and it's second and long. Reese runs the ball every time. He runs it up the middle. How many times did we have to see our players get stuffed uh, on a second and long to then have a third and long, which made it really, really hard for our team to convert? Um, you know, we're not getting our playmakers involved. And I'm going to put that on Reese. That is, you know, something that he has to game plan for. He's got to know the strengths of his team. He's got to know who the best players are. And he's got to figure out ways to get them the ball. The other thing that he has to know and understand is the offensive line. Um, he was with them this whole preseason, the whole offseason. He knew what he had. Um, and if, you know, if it's not where it needs to be, then changes obviously need to be made. But then you also have to game plan around that, or you have to game plan to the strengths, uh, whether that is of the offensive line or the quarterback or the wide receiver, the running backs, that's on Tommy Reese. Marcus Freeman has given him control of the offense. Marcus Freeman is a defensive coach. Uh, so this is on Reese. You know, we saw success running the ball outside. Why we stopped doing that, I don't think any of us understand. Why on third and two do we run a play up the middle, get a yard, and then on fourth and one run the exact same play up the middle and get no yards and turn the ball over on downs? It just makes no sense. You had a quarterback in Buckner who could, you know, once again run an RPO or run a play where he's running outside where he's option, either run or pass. You know, Buckner has proven that he can get two or three yards running on the edge. So why we continue to run it up the middle 
where the strength of our line is not, um, I don't understand. So, you know, blame is on Reese um, for a lot of this. Obviously, the players are the ones that execute. Maybe he had great play calls and the players just didn't do what they needed to do. You know, the, the play call to Lindsay before the second half was a great play call. I actually thought they just downed the ball, kind of taken it into half, uh, being down, but he called a great play. He was open. Now that's on the players to execute. But at the end of the day, Reese needs to put the best players in. He needs to put them in a position to execute. He needs to put them in a position to succeed. And we're just not doing that. All right, let's take a look at the different position groups um, and kind of go through everything from that perspective. Quarterback, I'm going to give it a, a D. Um, you know, once again, two interceptions by Buckner. Pine came in and threw one interception. Also, almost had a second interception, but I got called back because of a penalty. Um, so three interceptions by the Irish. Um, we couldn't move the ball. Um, we've got to, you know, see what Pine can do and see if he can do anything better. Um, I wish everyone, obviously, on Irish, you know, all the best moving forward. And I wish Buckner a healthy recovery. I hope he comes back. I hope he comes back better than ever. Um, he's been a great, you know, leader of Notre Dame, and he's been a great member of the team and program. And I hope he, once again, comes back and, and thrives. Um, but now it's Drew Pine's time, and let's see what he can do against Cal. Um, the only place to go for this Irish offense is up. Wide receiver. I'm going to give it a D again as well. Um, there's just not a whole lot there outside of Lorenzo Styles. Um, Jaden Thomas made a nice catch on one play across the middle. Once again, we've talked about Lindsey probably enough, um, but you know the wide receivers aren't getting open. They're getting blanketed by the by the defensive backs. Styles seems like is their only playmaker. We've got to probably figure out a way how to get um, Tobias Merriweather involved. I don't think we saw Salerno out there. Um, but we just we need to see more um, from this unit as a whole. Deion Colsey is still injured, and Joe Wilkins is still injured, it seems like, too. Maybe Wilkins comes back this week. It doesn't sound like Colsey's coming back anytime soon, but I mean, we're, I think we're literally down to four wide receivers, um, which is, I just, there's no way to get through the season on this. And, you know, this is going to, you know, this is on the old coaching staff and their lack of recruiting and their lack of creating depth there. Uh, and it's tough to watch, um, but you know we do have some playmakers that can make plays, and we got to figure out ways to get those guys in a position to succeed. Offensive line, I'm going to give them an F. Um, this is a game where Notre Dame's offensive line just needs to be able to block the person in front of them. Um, we are more skilled. We are more talented. Um, we are everything better than Marshall, and their defensive line absolutely dominated Notre Dame's offensive line. The offensive line looks slow. They don't know they who they don't know like they know who they have to block. Um, at the end of the offensive line, it should be about a mindset, and it should be about the fact that I'm going to beat the guy ahead of me, uh, and I'm going to pulverize him. And Notre Dame just doesn't have that mentality right now. Um, so, you know, I hope that Harry Heeson is starting to figure things out. Sounds like there aren't going to be any changes. So we're still going to see Carell at center. You're going to have Patterson at left guard, all at left tackle, Lug at right guard, and then Fisher at right tackle. I do think the weak spots have been Carell. Uh, and lug so far um, but you know there's nothing to shout about as related to Patterson, Alt, and Fisher in this last game either the offensive line needs to get better they need to do it quickly and they need to show that they can be a dominating force I just don't know if we're going to see it I hope we do I hope he stand helps them figure something out this week I hope they watch the film and I hope that they all see how it was not a performance to be proud of uh, once again Marshall is a team that we should be dominating and the fact that we couldn't do it it set the tone at the beginning when they stopped us on that first drive, when we couldn't run the ball in the first half. Every single Marshall fan, every single Marshall player, every single Marshall defensive player went into that halftime thinking they could win that game. And that is the exact opposite of what Notre Dame needed to do to start that game. We needed to pulverize them, and we needed to let them know that this game was over and that the Irish were the better and more talented team. 
So I hope we see something better from the offensive line moving forward. Tight ends, um, I'm going to give them a B. Uh, nice game by Mayer. He had over 100 yards and a touchdown. Bauman had a couple nice catches. Uh, tight ends continue to do what they're asked to do. I do think and wish their blocking could be a little bit better. Um, and I do think uh, it sounded like Raritan and Stays got out there for a little bit on Saturday. Not any passes I don't think thrown towards them. But we're showing a little bit of depth there. Uh, it is, does continue to be one of our better positions. And hopefully a guy like Mayer can continue to be a leader and prove out that he is one of the best tight ends in the country and hopefully lead the Irish uh, and you know motivate the Irish to win uh, this upcoming weekend. All right, I think I covered – oh, sorry, running backs. I'm going to give them a D. Um, didn't see a whole lot from um, any of the running backs. Once again, Tyree wasn't getting the ball. When he did get on the outside, he got yards, but they couldn't figure out ways to get him the ball. Audric SMA just continues to run up the middle and get stuffed because there's nowhere to run. Um, anytime he bounces outside, he doesn't have the speed to get there and gets caught from behind. And then Logan Diggs, um, I don't know if he's still hurt or what, but um, did not look great. Um, let's pick up. Every time he's gotten the ball, he's run up the middle and he's gotten stuffed. So I don't know how much you can, once again, put the blame on the, wide, the running backs or the offensive line, but as a group, as a whole, nothing's working. And we need to see better play from the running backs. I hope that the offensive line gives them the holes to go through because these guys are talented and they've shown in the past. Um, but until then, um, they're going to get a, a pretty bad grade. Defensive line, I'm going to give them a D. Man, these grades are horrible. I feel awful for the team. Uh, no pressure, uh, not stopping anyone. The 94-yard drive um, at the end of the game, the team with gassed. Uh, we had a bunch of subs in. It just It's not what we were all expecting from this team and from this defensive line. We've got to see better performances from some of our leaders, like O'Reilly Mills, like an Isaiah Foskey, like the Adam Ayola brothers. Howard Cross had a really good game, and I think a lot of stats proved out that he played really, really well. But we need the players that have proven in the past that they're good players. I know that they are, and we all know that they are. We need them to perform better, and we need them to get back to where they were performing uh, prior to this year. So same thing that I've said on pretty much every unit. Let's see what they do this weekend. You know, Cal's offense is not that good. Can they get some stops right away at the beginning of the game? Can they get pressure? Can they get sacks? Can they cause fumbles? Can they cause bad throws that will lead to interceptions? I know that I'm, you know, not giving good grades to defense as a whole. And I said earlier, you know, they've only given up a total of 20 points across each of the two games or an average of 20 points across each of the two games. Um, so I'm going to place the vast majority of the blame on the offense. But this this entire defense, they need to be better, and I think we're all expecting, especially this defensive line, to be better. Linebackers um, didn't see a ton from them, so I'm going to give them a C minus. Um, you know, needed to make a few more plays. They're not, you know, they're kind of coming up the middle on some of these blitzes, but all they do is run into running backs or, or you know other linemen, so they are causing a little bit excuse me, a little bit of pressure, um, but they're just not making the big plays. And I think the same thing a lot of us expected from them. We want to see Maris Leofau really get involved, create a lot of havoc. Um, Bo Bauer's been solid. Kaiser, we said, has been solid, and so is Bertrand, but they're not making big plays. They're not tipping balls. They're not making big hits. They're not getting you know tackles for loss. We need to see more from those guys. All right, safeties and cornerback, cornerbacks. I'm going to give the cornerbacks a C, and I'm going to give the safeties a C minus. Um, you know, we talked a little bit about, um, you know, the guys that we were hoping to really step up this year. I think, you know, we were all expecting a really good season from Brandon jo- Joseph, and he's, he started out pretty well. He had a great game against Ohio State. Um, Tariq Bracey continues to play well, probably once again one of the biggest bright spots on all of defense, so I'm going to put him in the cornerback grade. 
um, but we can't rely just on our, our nickel back um, in three crazy. Cam Hart needs to start making some plays on some balls. Same thing with um, Clarence Lewis. You know, how do they get their hands on balls? How do they tip them? How do they possibly find an interception? Um, DJ Brown, I think, has played pretty well. Um, you don't hear his name a ton, um, but, you know, we're still kind of, you know, lacking a little bit of depth. I think, you know, Ramon Henderson had a nice sack on one play. Xavier Watts is out there a little bit, but uh, on a couple of big plays, um, the safeties did not come come to task, especially on that last drive, and we need to see a little bit more from those guys. So I'm hoping that they continue to improve um, and maybe can make, you know, a season-defining play in what, in this Cal game, whether that's an interception, whether that's a big hit, whether it's a fumble recovery. Let's see if the secondary can make some plays that maybe turn this season around. Lastly, special teams, not that much to talk about. Our punter continues to be good. John Sott, nice job there. Um, we had a couple, I think one, maybe two nice kickoff returns, um, but nothing really to shout about. Nothing really to shout about on the kick return team. Or excuse me, the, the kick defense return team. Um, we did try an onside kick that was close to us possibly um, recovering um, at the end there. I don't know if we would have been able to do anything. There wasn't almost any time left, so it probably wouldn't have mattered otherwise. We did block a punt. Um, so I'm going to give special teams a B. Um, they're not the reason we lost this game, um, which is a good thing. Um, but same thing, you know, it's just from an overall standpoint, um, I don't know. The fact that we're giving our special teams the best grade of anyone and everyone is not saying a whole lot and doesn't bode well for the Irish winning uh, that game or any games moving forward. All right, let's look at Cal. Um, in some good news, I will be there this weekend. I'm going to go down with my son. Um, we're going to be down there with my parents and uh, my two nephews. Uh, so looking forward to getting to the bend and seeing a bunch of friends. For those of you uh, buddies of mine that listen, you're going to be down that way. Shoot me a text. I will definitely be around, walking around. Um, we're going to probably be around um at a, trying to stop at a couple tailgates and then you know walking around seeing the band this will be my son's first stadium football game so i'm super excited to to bring him uh into the mix of of his irish fandom um you know he's he's still pretty young so he's still kind of trying to get up to speed around football as a whole and the irish um but you know if if he ever does attend notre dame um which would be amazing um my wife and i you know we were we want our kids to go wherever they want to go. Um, but if he decided and he ends up getting in and goes to Notre Dame, he would be a fourth-generation uh, Notre Dame grad. So my my grandpa was class of 1927. My dad was class of 1969. I was class of 2000. And I think my son would be class of 37 uh, if he ended up going. So be pretty cool. Um, but, you know, I'm excited to, to get him down there, see everything, um, and hopefully have him start to fall in love with Notre Dame, uh, just like I have and most of the members in my family. Um, from a research standpoint, the things that I've been hearing, things that I've been reading about Cal, they've got a pretty brutal offense. It's not that good. Um, so this is should be a game that the Irish can, you know, hopefully once again the defense can start to step up and make some plays. Their quarterback is, I think he was at Purdue last year, and he's there as a transfer. So he was the guy that Notre Dame beat last year from a Purdue perspective. Um, their offense is, is not going to be something hopefully that, you know, they're going to put up a ton of points. Even if they do put up some points, it shouldn't be enough for the Irish to lose this game, uh, but their defense is good. They have a really solid defense. Their court, their head coach is kind of a defensive guy. They've got a lot of players returning on the defensive side. They've got a really strong nose guard or nose tackle from what I've been hearing and reading and seeing and listening to. Um, but once again, this is another situation where the Irish are more, have more talent and they need to start to prove it out in these types of games. Um, weather's looking good. It should be pretty hot actually. Um, but uh, you know, this is a game that the Irish need to come out once again, continue to show that they are the dominant and better team and turn this season around. Get Marcus Freeman his first win. They're playing in the green jerseys. Uh, Manti Teo is going to be there. 
But let's see if they can, you know, kind of have this as the jump start to the rest of the season uh, and possibly turn things around. And once again, at the end of the day, get Marcus Freeman his first win. My prediction for this game is going to be the Irish 27, uh, Cal 17. So a 10-point win for the Irish, it's probably not going to be very pretty, but we just need a win right now. It doesn't matter what the Irish do or how they do it. They need to get a win and need to get this uh, season uh, moving along uh, on a little bit better foot. All right, I did get one question uh, from good buddy Augie Rizzo. Um, I need to probably do a better job of, of tweeting out, hey, send in your listener questions for those of you that are listening uh, on the on, and follow on Twitter. I will uh, definitely do that next week. Um, but Augie's question is, is Drew Pine the new Deshaun Kaiser, replaced touted uh, quarterback Malik Zaire, or the new Tommy Reese, who replaced Dane Christ, or the new Ian Book, who replaced touted Brendan Wimbush? <laughs> Ignore the measurables. Remember how people felt when those four slash five stars were replaced. Kaiser was about to quit football for baseball great question Augie um yeah I'm all right let's take a look kind of at who you talked about so um I think when Malik Zaire got hurt in that season I think it was uh 2015 um you know I think all of us were like oh my gosh Deshaun Kaiser he looked horrible in the spring game what's he gonna do and he came in and you know won that Virginia game for us and then turned out to just have an unbelievable 2015 season Uh, I think it was better than anyone could have possibly ever expected um Tommy Reese replacing Dean Christ. Uh, Dean Christ definitely was a five star coming out of California. Um, you know, I think he fell into, uh, you know, not the best graces with uh, Brian Kelly for whatever reason. And Tommy Reese came in, and you know, Tommy Reese was you know a guy that came in and played really well in some games, and then you know didn't have his best game in others. But um, you know, similar to kind of some of the flack that he's getting right now as the offensive coordinator, uh, Reese got a lot of it as a quarterback. Probably not necessarily all deserved. Um, as he, you know, won a bunch of games for the Irish, but there were definitely some flaws, and he threw a lot of interceptions at the quarterback. Uh, Ian Book coming in for Brandon Wimbush. Um, I think a lot of us were, were looking for something different from Brandon Wimbush. He had a great year the year prior and then came back and just could not hit anyone. Um, there's that famous video of him trying to throw a swing pass, and he just could not hit it. Uh, so, you know, when Ian Book came in against Wake Forest, the Irish offense looked completely rejuvenated um, and completely different. I think they put up like 50 points in that game, and it was it's almost like a revelation what Ian Book did in that game. And, you know, he just went on from there to become, you know, I think the all-time winningest Irish quarterback. So, um, all right, let's kind of think about where we see Drew Pine and what we can expect. Listening to some of the podcasts this week, it doesn't sound like we're going to be, you know, throwing the ball all over the field. It sounds like it's going to be a lot of short passes. It's going to be a lot of check downs. We've got to once again figure out how to run the game. Um, so I don't know where Drew Pine is going to kind of fit into this scenario. Clearly, um, you know, he's he's a pretty highly touted quarterback out of high school. He was a four-star out of New Canaan, Connecticut. Um, so he was a guy that a lot of other programs were after. I think he had an Alabama offer at one point. Um, now, whether or not that was committable, I don't know. Um, Buckner was a four-slash-five-star, um, so he was you know highly recruited out of California. I think everyone fell in love with Buck- what Buckner could do with his legs. Now, Pine can run a little bit. He's not as shifty as a Buckner, um, but he can definitely move. He's not Jack Cohn. He's not going to be standing back in the back of the pocket. Um, he will have the ability to you know roll him out for passes, and then also if there's pressure, to kind of run. He's not, once again, as fast or as quick as Buckner. But he can make some plays on the ground. We're not probably going to have a lot of the outside read options where he has the ability to run outside. Um, But I think at the end of the day, he does have a little bit more speed than um, what I think people are giving him credit for. I think what I'd love to see is I'd love to see him hit some deep balls. I'd love to see him hit some balls, you know, coming across the middle. I'd love to see him play with the moxie he played with against Wisconsin last year and Cincinnati. I think a lot of people forget that he came into both those games and played relatively well, especially against Wisconsin. He came in and did a good job. Cincinnati, he, you know, ignited the the second half turnaround with a, with a touchdown pass. 
So who knows? You know, sometimes guys like this, they just need that first opportunity to start. They need that week to prepare. And, you know, this could be that moment that he never looks back. And we look back at this for the next two years as, you know, the Drew Pine era at Notre Dame. I'd love to see that happen. I just don't know if we will. Um, but this obviously it starts this weekend and let's see if he can if he can make a decision. He didn't look great when he came out last week against Marshall. He didn't look great in the spring game. Um, I don't think, you know, he was probably ready to come in against Marshall. I don't think he thought, you know, Buckner was about to get hurt right there. Uh, so he didn't have, you know, almost any chance to warm up. Um, but let's see. I'd love to be looking back on this question, Augie, six weeks from now and us being like, oh, man, what if Drew Pine had started those first two games? Where would we be? Um, who knows if that'll happen. Um, but I think a lot of us Notre Dame fans are, are hoping that that will be something we're thinking about um, later on down the season. All right, let's look at our overall record prediction. So starting the season, I came in at 10-2. and two. Following the Ohio State game, I was at 10-2. and two. Um, and now following this Marshall game, I'm going to drop that to eight and four. Um, I'm not ready to fully throw in the towel and give a seven and five or a six and six record on this Irish team. I do think that we have the ability to turn it around. We have enough talent. We have enough, you know, senior leadership to hopefully right this ship. Um, that starts this weekend. So I'm going to continue, um, to stay relatively optimistic about the Irish, even though I am moving it down from 10 and two to eight and four, but I hope that, you know, this is once again, the weekend that we can really start to move this season in the right direction. If we do lose this weekend, man, it is going to be brutal. Uh, I don't know where we're going to go from here um, because we do have a tough game against North Carolina that has a really, really good offense, but a horrible defense. But, you know, until we can prove that we can actually do anything on offense, um, it's not going to matter. Even if we give that, even if they give up, you know, the Irish give 28 points to a team that thinks averaging 50 points, the Irish are not going to put up more than 20 points if we don't start to see something from this offense. So eight and four, my new record prediction uh, moving into this weekend. All right, folks, that should do it. Um, thanks again for listening to the Exit 77 podcast. I am once again Drew Brennan, your host. I keep on saying the words once again way too much, and so sorry about that. I'll continue to work on these things. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Do you have any questions uh, or if you want to hit me up on Twitter, I'm at Exit 77 underscore podcast. Feel free to leave me a note. Feel free to connect with me. Feel free to tell others about this podcast. I'd love to continue building um, the, the listening audience of this and I hope people are enjoying it. I definitely am enjoying it. I've loved this for the last couple of years. And yeah, looking forward to continuing to give my thoughts on the Irish as the season moves along. That's it for tonight. Let's go Irish. Get a big win on Saturday against Cal. You know, turn the season around, get Marcus Freeman his first win, make all Irish ha- fans happy and give my son his first win as an Irish fan in attendance. All right. Thanks again, ladies and gentlemen. And as always, go Irish. Trouble my life.